What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Confused World. This is your host, Matt. As always, everyone, subscribe, follow, and give us a five-star rating if you like the contents of this podcast. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter for everything Confused World. I came across an article, and I really wanted to dig deep into it, which is why I didn't end up releasing an episode last week. I just got so buried into this art, to this this section of what I was reading on and it's about the corruption of Big Pharma. Now a lot of people don't realize exactly how corrupt Big Pharma truly is or the connections that people have to Big Pharma. Okay so we're going to get into this article. This is coming from godvoter.org. Large pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer, Merrick, Johnson & Johnson and Moderna quoted Big Pharma, end quote, led the U.S. health industry, for account, which accounts for 18% of the U.S. economy and comprises its largest sector. While Big Pharma wants the public to believe that it works tirelessly and spends a fortune to discover and develop new drugs, in reality, most of the new drugs are discovered and developed at taxpayer-funded public institutions. Big Pharma swoops in thereafter to take them through the FDA approval process, patents them, and then sells them at unconsciously high prices to the people who paid for the drug to be discovered, the taxpayers. Big Pharma's business model is built on corruption. Its extortion or exorbitant profits are used to pay off everyone in the value chain, including the 14 ways below to maintain its grip on which drugs get approved and denied so that the exorbitant profit continue to to flow. Number one, pays off key lawmakers. Big Pharma spends over 400 million every two years, more than any other industry to re-elect US senators and representatives who do its bidding. Of the 20 senators and 20 representatives who received the most campaign money from Big Pharma from 1999 to 2018, 39 sat on the committee of, with jurisdiction over health-related uh, legislative matters, 24 of them in senior positions. Number two, gatekeepers, new drugs slash vaccine trials. To win FDA approval, new drugs and vaccines must pass through phase one, two, and three trials. The, quote, gold standard, end quote, of which the largest scale uh, randomized double-blind placebo control uh, trials. Neither of the subject nor the administrators know if the subject has received the placebo or the drug vaccination, drug slash vaccination, uh, being tested, which cost up upwards to twenty million. Since only big pharma has that kind of money to risk, and only expensive patented drugs have the potential to recover the, that loss, big pharma gatekeepers, which drug or vaccine candidates go through the gold try of the gold standard, on their way to the FDA for approval. In particular, it is virtually impossible for a cheap, generic, off-patent drug to go through such a trial because they will not generate enough profit to recover the $20 trial cost. 
Number three, pays off the drug trial investigators. As as the NIH budget uh, for new drug trials continue to be reduced, Big Pharma now funds the overwhelming majority of new drug trials and is happy to do so since it can choose the investigators. Uh, statisticians, scientific writers, etc., who know not to bite the hand that feeds them, and therefore design, manage, and write up the trials for that uh, to make big pharma's drugs seem better than it is, to make it seem safer than it is. They may enroll as as subjects only health people with strong immune systems who will tolerate the side effects better than those who represent the general population which includes people with weak immune systems. To make the drug seem more effective, they may switch the endpoints. The outcome that can be measured, uh, example, death rate, um, hospitalization rate, hospitalized days, etc., from those that were, that were targeted to whatever portrays the drug in a more positive light while not reporting the negative details in the results. On the other hand, if a trial is commissioned by Big Pharma or its surrogates on a cheap generic drug that competes against one of its drugs or vaccines, the trial is designed to show a negative outcome. For example, the trial commissions by Big Pharma and its surrogates on uh, ivermectin have used a dose that is too low or a dose, a dosing duration that is too short, a dosing start date that is too late. Ivermectin blocks uh, viral uh, replications in which the case of SARS-CoV-2 takes place during the first five days after infection and or choose a region where ivermectin is already in wide use. Since the placebo group already has been exposed to ivermectin as well, the positive results from the ivermectin group will not be statistically significant compared to the placebo groups. And a cheap generic drug still shows efficacy. Big Pharma simply pays off the key people and institutions to have the, uh, to have the conclusion changed. One of these people admitted taking 40 million to kill 504,000 people. Number four, pays off medical journal editors. After a drug trial has been conducted, publishing its results in a a prestigious medical journal enhances its chances of FDA approval. By far the largest advisors in the medical journals are Big Pharma which bought six, $637 million worth of advertising in them in 2016 alone. Big Pharma also showers cash on the editors of medical journals. A 2017 study of 52 medical journals found that over 50% of their editors had been paid by Big Pharma to the tune of $175,239 on average, in just one year. Usually these fees for speeches, um, quote, consulting, end quote, royalties, or luxuries travel. In return, medical journal editors 
readily accept drug trials uh, are articles submissions by Big Pharma. When they receive article submissions for drugs that could threaten Big Pharma's drugs, however, they either decline to publish them or demand that the author makes changes in the article that cast the drug in a less positive or more negative light as a condition for publication. Number five, pays off FDA advisory panel members. Before a new drug or vaccine is approved by FDA, it is discussed and voted on by an advisory panel of, quote, independent, end quote, doctors. While the results of their, of their votes is not legally binding, the FDA, in almost all cases, approves or denies the new drug or vaccine candidate according to the result of their voters. To serve on the advisory panel, doctors must declare that they have no financial conflict of interest concerning the drug or vaccine candidate. After the vote, however, those who argued for approval and voted for to approve new drugs or vaccines made by Big Pharma are rewarded with exorbitant consulting fees, speech fees, luxury travel, etc., a 2018 investigation of 107 doctors who served on the FDA advisory panel from 2008 to 2014 found that 66, which is about 62% of them, had received such um, subsequent payoffs, including 20 who received between 100,000 and 1 million and six who received $1 million. Since the vote, to approve new drugs or vaccines are seldom unanimous, a 66% payoff rate points to Big Pharma paying off the vast majority, if not all the doctors who vote to approve its drug and vaccines. Number six, pays off the employees who become regulars. Big Pharma executives who resign to take up high-level positions at the FDA, NIH, CDC, or another government entity from which, from which they can help their former employees are given multi-million dollar gold parachute payments that are not given to executives who resign without heading to such position. Number seven, pays off regulars when they resign. The general public assumes the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, National Institute of Health, NIH, and Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention, CDC, must be staffed by America's top medical minds who are passionate about safeguarding America's health. But that is not the reality. The FDA, for example, is located in Maryland's Rockville, the 18th most expensive suburb in America, where the uh, median home's price is 46% above the national average. Yet, because of the position of at the FDA, um, or yet because of the position at the FDA pay, only about 80% of their counterparts in the private sector, they are staffed mostly by people from out of the area who tried but couldn't get those private sector jobs. They tend to be foreign-born and trained, speak English as a second language, and work, and, uh, excuse me, and work off checklists that are given to them. Their superiors 
who create those checklists, meanwhile, do big pharma's bidding, then wait for their big payday, which comes when they get the call to resign and join them as senior executives or board members. Scott, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Gottlieb, Gottlieb, I, I guess is how the name is pronounced anyway, for example, resigned as the FDA commissioner in April of 2019. By June of 2019, he was sitting on the board of three pharmaceutical companies he had been uh, uh, policing until just about two months prior, including Pfizer, which in 2020 paid him $338,587 for occasionally attending its board meeting, as well as influencing or as well as influencing a former sub, a subordinate at the FDA. The former FDA commissioner now sits on the board of six such companies, each of whom contribute to his payday. Likewise, after years of aggrava- aggressively promoting vaccines, CDC Director Julie um, Gerberd- Gerberding resigned in 2009 to become the president of Merrick's vaccine dis, uh, um, sorry, uh, division. Number eight, pays off regulars before they resign. American taxpayers are the employers of our health regulatory uh, agencies, employees. Yet, when their work that we funded leads to a patent, they, our employees, personally keep and receive royalties on the patent. Meanwhile, while we, their employers, ultimately pay for those royalties on a patent that should have belonged to us in the first place. When a regular receives a patent uh, that could earn them millions of dollars if it is licensed and leads to a profitable new drug, their focus flips from policing Big Pharma to getting it to license their patent and helping the new drug get approved to align the regulars even more closely to its own interests. Big Pharma even shares patents with regulars. For example, Moderna shares a patent on its uh, mRNA COVID-19 vaccine with three or with these six employees of the Anthony, Anthony Fauci National Institute of Allergy and infectious diseases of the National uh, Institute of Health and pays each of them a royalty of 150000 per year. Number nine, pays off the media. Pfizer uh, identifies board member James Smith as one of, quote, our experts, end quote, and has paid him more than $2 million over the past six years for occasionally attending its board meetings, Peculiarly, James Smith has no experience or background in healthcare, and his highest earned degree is a bachelor's. He is, however, the chairman of Rudders, the new organization whose self-appointed, uh, quote, fact checkers, end quote, collaborate with Facebook and Twitter to determine those posts, tweets, and accounts get deleted. Now, this was obviously also before... Um, uh, good old, uh, what's his name? <laughs> anyway, uh, this is before, um, 
Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name now. But anyway, this is before Twitter was bought out, of course. Um, back to the account or the uh, post here. Pfizer is paying Smith millions of dollars to assure favorable social media coverage of its drug and vaccines. Unfavorable ch- uh, coverage of cheap generic drugs that compete against them and to silence any news of the latter's effect- efficacy. Even without such payoffs, since patented prescription drug ad, uh, ad, ad advertisements comprise the single largest product uh, category of devising revenues, 8% of that total, for media companies. They are careful to provide favorable coverage for Big Pharma's patented prescription drugs and vaccines and unfavorable coverage of cheap generic drugs that compete against them. And Alphabet, the parent company of of Google and YouTube, both of which have been su- suppressing the news of ivermectin's effect- efficacy against COVID-19, also owns 12% of uh, Vacatech, the company that created the COVID-19 vaccine uh, for um, AstraZeneca and receives a royalty on its sales. Number 10, pays off doctors. Big Pharma gave $979 million in 2016 and over $1 billion in 2020 to doctors in the U.S. as exorbitant speech, uh, speaking fees, luxury travels, meals, etc. Most of the billions of dollars did not go to recent medical school graduates. It went to medical directors of hospitals and other decision makers who set the policies that the junior doctors must follow. The money flows if they use Big Pharma's patented expensive drug, but dries up if they use cheap generic drugs. Number 11, Evergreen's Patents. If a patented drug continues to generate exorbitant profits as it nears the end of its 20-year patent protection, Big Pharma introduces a minor change to it, even as minor as adding a strip to the pill claims it has become uh, materially uh, different and greases enough palms as above to patent it for another 20 years a dubious practice known as quote evergreening end quote for example when the patent on the heart excuse me uh, on the heartburn and ulcer drug um uh Omprizole, I, I guess is how it's pronounced anyway, um, expired in 2021. AstraZeneca rotated the molecule to create its mirror image and named it, um, <laughs> I'm going to butcher this name too, um, named it, quote, uh, Esomprizole, end quote, and patented for another 20 years. 78% of all new drug patents awarded from 29 or 2008 to 2018 were to drugs that already existed. Since many drugs win FDA approval and are patented still fail commercially for lack of efficacy or are withdrawn later when hidden side effects come to light, Virtually all patented drugs that continue to generate profits are being evergreened so that they can continue to be sold at exorbitant prices. 50% of 
of the best-selling drugs have been evergreened more than once. Number 12. Pays off competitors. Instead of competing to offer better drugs for lower prices, Big Pharma has been buying each other to limit the competition and then ra raising prices. Between, two, um, between 1995 and 2015, 60 pharmaceutical companies merged into just 10. The three makers of insulin among them, uh, Sanofi, Novo uh, Hardisk, and Eli, uh, Eli Lilly, raised their prices for insulin. 168%, 169%, and 325%, representatively over a period of just five years from 2010 to 2015. Number 13, pays off potential competitors. When a new drug developed by a small firm shows promise enough, the uh, excuse me, let me repeat that. When a new drug developed by a small firm shows promise enough or through the trial or clinical trials and could threaten its cash cow drug if approved big pharma buys its maker and quietly kills off the drug such quote killer acquisitions end quote account for about seven percent of all mergers and acquisitions in the pharmaceutical industry number 14 pays off pharmacy benefit managers Pharmacy benefit managers, PBMs, are agents of private and public health insurers who receive a fee from them to negotiate lower drug prices on their behalf from Big Pharma and to advocate cheaper generic versions of expensive branded drugs. Big Pharma pays massive, quote, rebates, end quote, i.e. kickbacks, and the total dollar amount to PBMs and has arranged for them to legally keep those kickbacks without disclosing their amounts. So PBMs, stealers, their, uh, or excuse me, PBMs steer their insurer clients to Big Pharma's expensive patented drugs instead of their cheap generic equivalents. This corruption of PBMs is estimated to the amount uh, as much as 50% of the least uh, of the list price of insulin which costs 600% more in the USA than in Europe where the government negotiates directly with big pharma there is a video on here um, I would highly suggest you go uh, look at this video I haven't seen it yet but of course you know, digging in as much as I have, I don't always have the time to do so. But I, and this article will be in the show notes as well for you to kind of go in and read through as well. But, um, the, the crazy part is, and I'm not going to get too terribly uh, deep into this part of the article, but there is somebody else that is connected with big pharma pharmaceutical industries if you listen to my um to my uh episode about uh names undocumented names connected to epstein you would know that um one of those people that is connected to um the pharmaceutical industry is none other than bill gates himself 
okay? So we're going to take a quick look into this one. Um, like I said, we're not going to get too far into it, but we're going to take a quick look at this. This is coming from Politico, okay? And this article was released September 14th of 2022. When, 19, when COVID-19 struck, the, uh, the government of the worlds weren't prepared. From America to Europe to Asia, they veered from minimizing the threat to, closure their, or to closing their borders. In ill-fated attempts to quail a viral spread that soon enveloped the world. While the most powerful nations looked inward, four non-governmental global health organizations began making plans uh, for a, a life or death struggle against the virus that would know no bounds. That followed was a study almost exorbitable um, a shift from power of the overwhelmed government to a group of non-governmental organizations. According to a seven-month investigation by, by political journalists based in the U.S. and Europe and the German newspapers, Welt armed with uh, exper expertise bolstered by contracts at the highest level of Western national or nations, and empowered by well-grooved relationship with drug makers, the four organizations took on roles often played by governments, but without the accountability of governments. Now, let's um, fast forward into this article a little bit. Uh, four organizations had held together, had worked together in the past are in the past, and three of them shared a common history. The largest and most powerful was the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, one of the largest philanthropies in the world. Then there was Gavi, the global vaccine organization that Gates helped to found <laughs> to encopulate uh, <laughs> people in low-income nations and the Well-Income Trust, a British research uh, foundation with a multi-billion dollar endowment that had worked with the Gates Foundation in previous years. Finally, there was a coalition of epidemic uh, preparedness, innovations or CEIP, or yeah, CEPI, the International Vaccine Research and Development Group that Gates and Wellcome both helped to create in 2017. This is a quote from a, uh, from a Doctors Without Borders. What makes Bill Gates qualified to be giving advice and advance and, and advising the U.S. government on where they should be putting the tremendous resource? Oh, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Uh, this is the quote. What makes Bill Gates qualified to be giving advice and adv advising the U.S. governments on where they should be putting the treme tremendous resources? Asked Kate Elder, senior vaccine uh, policy advisors for Doctors Without Borders Access Campaign. Soon, however, the governments in the United States and Europe were offering their own crucial support to the four groups the organization spent at least 8.3 million lobbying the U.S. and Europe, according to an analyst of lobbying disclosures. When 
This past spring, the leaders of CEPI sought to replenish the group's coffers. It spent $50,000 50, in part to advocate for $200 million in yearly funding from the U.S. government, according to filings and interviews with Capitol Hill staff. The overtures worked with President Joe Biden's efforts to obtain an additional $5 billion in funding for the administration's international work combating the virus were f- floundering in Congress. He still managed to slip $500 million for CEPI into his budget proposal, $100 million a year for five years. Okay, and that was that was Bill and Melinda Gates. Now, the the crazy part is is this guy was not only the inventor of Microsoft, but he was also connected to Epstein, and now obviously has been you know working with the uh, the pharmaceutical companies. And the thing that really shocks me is one of his interviews. He said, "What we need to do is reduce population." using vaccines and I've actually seen that interview this is something we all need to think about and just go to see exactly how corrupt that our pharmaceutical companies are and this last article the very first article I read through really kind of proves it really kind of proves it and now that Bill Gates is a big part of it He has all the money to do whatever is necessary to help Big Pharma do whatever they need to do. Think about that for a second. Anyhow, everyone, I hope this article was uh, helpful to you. Uh, Sorry for the stammering on some areas, but this is something I've just been digging into. And it's just it's just kind of started shocking me just seeing the way it has gone. But anyhow, uh see you guys all or i'll talk to you guys all next uh week and uh hope you enjoyed the show and i will include both articles for you to read fully through in the uh, description of the show and uh if you have anything articles that you would like to send me send them to me at confusedworldpodcast at gmail.com or you can send them to us on our instagram page and until next time everyone take care of yourselves and each other